Okay, that was fun, right? Um, there is a purpose for that. There is an intention for that. And I woke up one morning feeling a burden to share about this on my heart. And actually, I've been feeling this for a few months. And I wanted to just um, encourage you this morning. I hope that the word that I'm going to share this morning will encourage you on many levels. And it's, it's taken from a passage that is not usually interpreted in that way. So allow me to share with, with this different angle um, that is not normally used. And it's, it's what uh, is called a prophetic impetus, right? And since it's my first time preaching on a Sunday, I'm going to preach from all the way from the beginning. Genesis 1, 1. <laughs> amazing because 2019, as we saw the responses, 2019 has been challenging um, and there's always, there's always a sense of like uncertainty, you know, because of what we read in the papers, what we experience in the world today. And let me encourage you that even in the beginning, it was like that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Now I'm going to emphasize the word without form and void and darkness. From the very beginning, the earth, the world, was actually in chaos, in darkness. From the very beginning, thousands of years later, 2019, we see our world in a certain form of chaos and darkness and uncertainty. But what I love about this passage, immediately in verse 2, God said, let there be light. Because when God steps into the void and darkness, He steps into the chaos, immediately, He pushes the darkness away. Now, we know from science, light is like a, a particle of radiation, right? Light is made of particles and radiation. But also, do you know that light exerts pressure? It exerts pressure on the things in its path. So God is light. And when he steps into our chaos and our darkness and our sanctity, his light pushes away. It exerts pressure and it pushes away the darkness, the chaos. And God becomes our safe space. God becomes our refuge. It's amazing that he did that even from the beginning. And he still does that till today. So the, the angle I'm taking it from, from this passage, is about safe spaces. God in the void and the chaos. We seek a lot of safe spaces. Maybe the places where we go for our rest and relaxation becomes a safe space for us for a moment in time. Just a moment, momentary, safe, momentary safe space 
where we can just clear our mind, where we can just get away from the pressures. But my question would be, where is God in that safe space? Is God there? Is God there in that safe space? Did God create that safe space for you? Because what we understand from here is God steps in. He becomes a safe refuge, right? But at the same time, because in the account of Genesis, you see He creates. The moment He steps into darkness, He creates. And then we are, we are familiar with the story of creation. We are familiar with the immediate creation and the planting of the Garden of Eden that became a safe space for man, whom he was going to create and whom he was going to plant in the garden. So not only is God a safe space, but because he steps into our world and our situation, he creates that safe space for us, where we can not only just find rest and relaxation, but refuge, where we can have fellowship with him. So I'm going to move on very quickly because today I'm going to try to end by 9.40. Some of you are like, yay! Can go for breakfast. But there is an intention to this also. So let me move on very quickly to now Genesis chapter 2. Now I'm not going to talk about the whole story of creation. I'm just going to take parts of it because this, is the, this was the idea. That when God planted a garden, see, the Lord God formed the man from the dust, from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. So now God steps in, he's a safe space, he creates a safe space, and he places us there. He places men there, right? Now what does he do? Did he just put Adam there and said, okay, have fun. Now it's your rest and relaxation. This is your couch where you can watch your TV. This is your massage chair. No. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, tells us, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Next slide. Next one. To work it and keep it. Now, I, I like it, I like the two words there, work and keep. Some of us may be very stressed with work, like, oh man, I don't want to do work anymore, no, I just want to travel the world, or you know, I just want to, want to retire early and, and work is enough. But the original intention for God's work wasn't, it's not the same as the work that we understand today. Work is good for men. It literally keeps men healthy. If I were to think of it in a physical, emotional mental and spiritual. It keeps men, all of us, men and women, right, healthy. It keeps us on our toes. It keeps us sharp. It teaches us skills. Because you've got to remember that Adam was the, was the first man ever created. He had no idea what he was. He was discovering, oh, what do I call these? Fingers. That's why God asked him even to name all the animals. Like, just name them. Which animal you want, just name them. That's an elephant. Why is that an elephant? Because it looks like an elephant. <laughs> you know? So Adam was discovering all this. And, and God placed him in the Garden of Eden to work and keep it. Now, I would like to focus on the word keep. Because we understand work. Work helps us in a lot of faculties, you know, you know as human beings. But the word keep, 
was very special. I felt that this one was the one that jumped out the most because the word keep in the Hebrew means this. Shama, if you could see. The word Shama in the Hebrew. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Shama. It means to keep, guard, observe, give heed, protect, to watch for, wait for, retain, treasure up in memory, to keep within bounds, restrain, to celebrate or keep the Sabbath or covenant or commands. Now that's a very powerful word. In the English, we just say keep it. So we, so we might interpret Adam as like the gardener. Keep to the garden. Some of us are very good. Some of us have green thumbs, some of us can't. I can't even keep my, my little cactus alive. <laughs> it's quite sad. But it's, not, it's beyond the, the, the role of a gardener. Because, let me reiterate again. God steps into our world, our chaos. He pushes back the darkness. He becomes a safe refuge. He creates a safe space. He plants us there. And we are to shama that safe space. To do all this. Adam and Eve were to keep the garden, to guard it, to protect it, to watch for, to wait for. And because we know in hindsight what happens, they didn't know, right? As they were continuously keeping this garden, within a few verses, we see the enemy step in, into the garden to deceive and to destroy what God was trying to do, to destroy man, to destroy God's work. And so what I wanted to share on this part is this, that we are all keepers of the safe spaces that God has created for us. And what do these safe spaces look like? It may look like our homes. It may look like our marriages. It may look like our relationships, our friendships. It may look like the things that we find refuge in, we find comfort in, where we soothe ourselves, right? But at the same time, the safe space is also the church. This is the safe space. There was one commentary I read, and one commentator said that the description of the Garden of Eden wasn't just a very nice, lush garden. It wasn't just paradise. It was the it was the first picture of the temple of God. It was the first picture of what God in, wanted worship, fellowship, and communion with men to be like. And so Adam and Eve were not supposed to just guard the garden. They were supposed to protect this place of worship and fellowship with God because we understand from Scripture that God was walking with them. He was fellowshipping with, with them in the garden, right? And when they fell, what does the Scripture say that God was walking in the garden one day and He was looking for them. So it was a place of fellowship with God. So as much as the idea of safe spaces could, could relate to your comfort zone, your comfort spaces, but could I bring it further to say that the safe space is where God is and where His house is. And we are keepers of that safe space, meaning that we are keepers of this space. Now, there's one, there's, there's one caption I, I, I read um, recently and, and the, the, the author of the article said this, technology has 
allowed us to build communities. But has it allowed us to make it better? Do you know that the largest online community is not a Facebook forum? It's not a Facebook uh, page. It's a video game, an online game that has 23 million users on board. That's larger than some countries. 23 million global community. And they belong to that community of, of, of this game, something in common. When I read that, I thought about the community of, the, of believers. 23 million people brought together by one game. But they are tight. Their relationships are tight for some of them. They're very close. Then it brought me to think, what about our community as a church? What does it look like? What does our community as, as a church in Glad Tidings look like? What do the communities here look like? So, if I could not bring you from just Adam and Eve and just that safe space, can I bring you now on this thought of our community that we, are, that we belong to? See, when God created Adam and He asked Adam to name all the animals and, and, and just take care of the garden, right? Then he realized that, hey, Adam seems to be alone. Like the animals weren't sufficient. And he decided to create Eve. Now in this, in this context, a lot, of, a lot of times people use this context to talk about marriage. But if I were to just put this thought here, that God knew that man could not be alone no matter what. And he needed, a man needed a community to belong to. I know that some, some may say that um, I have my, my pets, my cats and my dogs. And I feel very, a very close connection. That's all, that's all fine and good. Not, not knocking anybody here about their pets, Right. But Scripture tells us that man, that God saw man to be alone, and man cannot be alone. And so I think when God decided to bring Eve into the picture, there was also a grander plan to build a community for Adam, for them to continue to protect and shamar that garden. But of course, we know that, that they fell in sin, and, and, and that whole picture of perfect, that perfect picture of the community was, was destroyed, you know, and, and the world it is what it is today because of what has happened, right? But this is not a depressing message to say that, you know, okay, la, all, all hope is lost now. We have eternity in sight because of what Christ has did on the cross, what Christ has done on the cross for us. So therefore, what we have today, it's not the original intention of Genesis, but the intention of the book of Acts, the church. So let me move on very quickly to this last point. Communities, keepers of His purpose. So in the past few, in the past year, 
I've been facing some health problems, different health problems. And I told myself, okay, enough of, enough of giving excuses and en enough of joining different diet plans <laughs> or even gym plans. I joined almost every other gym that, could, that we could find in, this, in the Klang Valley. All the, the, the popular gyms and all the CrossFit gyms, right? And I, and I quit every time after three to six months. I would lose the weight, I would be healthier, but then I would quit. I joined different stuff and then I realized that oh, it's so boring to work out alone. It's so boring to just do this diet plan alone. It's very, actually, it's very hard. So like for the past year, I've been trying to do intermittent fasting. I'm not, gonna prom I'm not promoting whatever health plan here, yeah? I'm just saying it for myself, right? Because I need to, to, to keep my health in check. And for a whole year, right, it has been so difficult because when I'm stressed, I eat. When I'm happy, I eat. When I'm sad, I eat. When I'm bored, I eat. So I'm eating emotionally, and I have a lot of emotions, so I'm eating a lot. Lah. Then I realized, okay, this is not working out. Then I thought, give myself some purpose, you know. Like, when you fast, right, remember, you're not fasting for health. You're fasting, you know, spiritually. So you must pray. But, <laughs> but when, when I'm praying also, right, I'm also emotional, right? So I'll snack like when I pray. So... <laughs> It's a vicious cycle. I joined the different gyms. And I'm like, yeah, first three months, like, ah, killer. So the last gym that I joined was actually across the road. Because I always give myself excuses, you know. I uh, work so late already, la, so hard to find parking. La. Then I got to go home for dinner. La. Then I got to do this, la, da, 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 da. You give a lot of excuses, right? So I told myself, I'm going to join the gym right across the road. No excuses. Park in church, walk across. That's your warm-up, Right? Don't worry, about, don't worry about rain or sun. No excuses. Just walk in the rain. It's okay because it's a like three minutes walk. So I joined it. Like, yeah. Every day, you know. Because can come to church early before work, go to the gym, work out, and then finish. And like, wow, I feel healthy, you know. Like release all the um, happy hormones, right? It only lasted three months. <laughs> then I realized this. Why? I realized the, re the actual reason why. Because every gym that I joined, minus the, the commercial gyms like Celebrity Fitness, True Fitness, Fitness First, every other gym that I joined, the CrossFit gyms, um, they have a very tight-knit group of people there. So I couldn't really fit in to those group of people. Not because they were, they were um, what's that word for it? arrogant or they were, they were not friendly. They were super friendly. They were extremely nice. Like, new, first timer, right? Come, let me help you, you know? So, it was great. But I realized that they were so tight in their friendships and their relationships that I felt very out of place. And, and I couldn't actually relate to them on, on many levels. On a social level, they would talk about a lot of things that I wouldn't, couldn't understand and, and wasn't really interested in, right? So, the closest group that I could relate to, and it was the gym across. The closest group that I could relate, relate to on many levels was a group of housewives who were working out at the gym. <laughs> now, they were all in their... Because a lot of them are expats, expat wives, right? So they are in their uh, 40s and 50s. Uh, kids are more like teenagers, so they got a lot of free time on their hands, and they were working out. And someone yesterday said, uh, what, what were they doing? Line dancing, is it? I said, no, 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 no. This group of housewives, these moms, moms are, they have my highest respect. They were way fitter and way stronger. 
There are moments where right, I'm like going to die. Right? <gasps> I'm carrying it. Right? Then she's like, the, the, some of them were like, John, are you okay? <sighs> I'm fine. And they'll keep going. All right, I'm done. I'm like, what? Then they'll finish, right? They go, they go and they, they ref- shower, come out, and they're all fresh, right? Okay, I need, to go, I need to go grocery shopping now. I need to do this. I need to do I'm like, you still got energy for that. Uh? And it's only 10 o'clock. I'm like, wow. But the closest group was this group because they will include me in the conversations. They will talk about where to go to buy pork. <laughs> where to go to get, you know, the best deals for a certain group. Because I love grocery shopping. Grocery shopping is rest and relax- relaxation for me. It's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they, we would talk, and they would talk about children. Because the rest of the other gym members are in the evenings, right? They would not, they would not talk about their kids. They would talk like, after this, right, let's go for a beer. Let's go, you know, let's drink, let's party. You know, uh, we're going to go to this club. And the club, I'm like, I, I want to go home. <laughs> it's already 11 p.m. You've got energy. Uh. <laughs> you know, so, and then the moms, the housewives were like, hey, John, you know, how's your little daughter doing? And all. So for that moment, I felt so belong. To that community, that group, housewives. <laughs> and because we were, we were literally just pop-pet, pop-pet, uh, chat the whole, after the workout, you know, once I got my breath back, we'll talk about a lot of housewife stuff. <laughs> and especially Mondays, because Mondays are my day offs and I take care of Jalia, but when I get a chance to go to the gym with them, it's really like an auntie session, you know. So, uh, no disrespect to aunties, okay. <clears throat> But because of, of ministry, because of time, I couldn't commit too long to the gym. And then after a while, you know, I just, the steam fizzles out, you know, and that was it. I stopped going. So, where is this heading to? I talked to, I talked to one of our uh, colleagues, um, Roger, Pastor Sarah's husband. I said, I said this one thing. I said, this is the one thing that I feel for a lot of people, maybe in the same situation as me, would stick to a health plan or a gym if the community was welcoming and, belo- and, and open. So we decided, hey, let's work out together. So Roger and I became workout buddies. We played basketball in the in. Like there's literally no excuse now because once we walk out from our office, it's the basketball court. There's no more excuse. We should be exercising, right? So we did that. And long story short, we, we tried it for a few months and we said, hey, Church has a lot of space. We don't need to even work out in the multi-purpose uh, uh, hall. We can just work out in the open, in the car parks. Space, right? So we decided to start this, not even a ministry. So I'm not, I'm not talking about, not promoting any ministries here. I just started, decided to start this community, I guess. And we call it Healthy Thursdays at 5.30 every Thursday and open to whoever. doesn't matter who. It's not a ministry. There's no, there's no pastor overseeing this Healthy Thursday, like, you know, being there to mark attendance and then after that, uh, you know, do, that, do, do ministry and have like a little cell group. It's not. We literally just come, we work out, we work out with sweat and we talk about life. We do life together. And that was it. And it's been ongoing until today and we have seen different people come and join us, even people who I've never met before, even though we come to the same church. Can you believe it? Because of different services and, and many faces in the crowd. But when they come and I, I oh, oh, I, I kind of recognize you. And then we start talking. And they come regularly now. And 
And this is where I'm getting at. We are keepers of the safe spaces. This place, this house of God that we have built together, all of us have built this house for God together. This is a safe space. It's supposed to be a safe space. What communities are we building in this safe space, for this safe space? Because we're all keepers. I'm going to share this one last part, and I, and I don't mean to offend anybody here. I don't mean to, to pick on anybody here. But there was, there was, some, there was a conversation that I had with someone um, a few weeks back, one of the traffic, traffic controllers who served on a, on a Sunday. And he was just, I was just, we were just catching up, you know, and getting to know him, and, and I was like, how's, how's it going? How's it been? Because he's been serving for a very long time. I noticed him serving for a very long time. And I said, how are the people now? Because I've heard certain horror stories about how people come into church. Whether, so whether you're, they're members, non-members, believers or non-believers, whatever background they are, they come in, right? And they are agitated and they let off. On, on the traffic controllers. After the service, when they go out, and there's, there's always a certain traffic uh, jam that goes out, and that's normal. But because people are, some are agitated and they're rushing off somewhere, they, there were foul language used, you know, certain sign language shown. And he said, ah, it's very normal one, ah. it's okay one. I'm like, no, it cannot be normal. He said, no, it's okay. Then I got very upset actually. Then he was trying to comfort me. He said, it's okay, bro, it's okay, bro. I said, no, it's not okay. I said, one of these days, right, I'm going to wear a traffic controller vest. I'm going to be out there for a whole month, right? And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to identify and then like, go up to the person and like, say, hey, you want to show a sign show across? <laughs> right? <laughs> you want to say something, say blessings, you know, curse, curses, right? But I was very upset. I was, I was so upset for weeks, actually, after he told me that. Because what upset me was, we come to church, we hear the word. And we go outside and we don't guard that word. We don't guard this safe space that God has given us. And we allow whatever it is. I, I understand stress, pressure. I understand reactions. But we allow certain things to just come into the safe space and let it be. And, and some of our guys who are serving, you know, I honour you guys. You, you do your best and, and say, it's okay. We're so gracious. But it's not Okay. It's really not okay to allow these things, this is just one example, but these things to, to infiltrate our safe space. Why are we allowing the chaos, a certain attitudes that are not good, come back into the safe space? So, it's already 9.49. I would like to really give you time really to make use of the safe spaces in church. This is where I'm getting at. We are keepers of the safe space and communities. What, what does the church community look like? What is it looking like now? Like in a while, can I have the worship team up? In a while, I'm going to do this. I'm going to close the service in a very different way. Now, usually there will be an altar call. Usually, right? But I would like you to... Make this decision for yourself. To think of what you want this community to look like. Now for me, 
community that really helped me was really this health thing. That community really was, if I could say, like a lifesaver for me. It's a, it's a place where I can allow them, all the guys who work out, to speak into my life as much as I speak into theirs. Because it's not just a five minutes high and by or one minute like, hey, how are you doing? And then that's it. It goes into, it goes from the five-minute space into the 15-minute space, enough for conversations to go deeper than the hellos. Enough for conversations to say, how are you doing? And say, I can pray for you. Because that matters the most. And so I would like to encourage you. This is not about joining a ministry. This is not about starting a ministry. But this is about us as keepers of the safe spaces and communities to initiate. Maybe what pulls us, will pull some of us together are the common things. Like for me, it was working out, health, right? Maybe for some, it could be shopping, it could be groceries, it could be biking, it could be just common hobbies. But what pulls us together really, if we look at it deeper into the Word, as how God pulled the community together in the book of Acts, was their faith. What was essential to the community wasn't about starting cell groups. I don't think the disciples wanted to start cell groups when the church started. Don't get me wrong, not saying anything about cell groups. They are great. They are great communities. But what was essentially, what essentially brought them together was their faith. That's why they gathered daily to break bread together over food. We are Malaysians. Food should be our com commonality here. But beyond that, the breaking bread together was actually the act of having conversations that go deeper to a point where you strengthen each other's faith. So let me encourage you today. Glad Tidings, let it be not just your home church, not just be the church that you attend on a weekly basis, but let it be a place where you can use these safe spaces to initiate, to join, to build, to develop, to make communities better. So I would like to end it earlier so that you may have at least 10 to 15 minutes when you leave from here to have those conversations. Move from the one minute and five minute spaces to the 15 minutes spaces. But at the same time, if you need prayer, the altar is a safe space for you to be here. And we will gladly and love to pray for you. If any of you need prayer for God to step into your circumstance, to push back away the darkness, to be that safe refuge. And if you, if you are seeking for anything from the Lord, the altar is open. The worship team will just play very gently. And for the rest who do not need to be here at the altar, you know, may the blessings of the Lord his grace, His presence go with you even as you adjourn from here to your next destination. But may He always be in the center of your conversations even as you move from here. Amen. So I'm going to just close in, in a word of prayer. But whoever needs prayer, you know, you may come forward and pastors, leaders will be here. You know, even some of your friends, family members would like to pray along. You're welcome to this safe space at the altar. Let's pray.
Thank you, Lord. Father, you're Lord over all. You are You are the light that pushes back the darkness. You are the light that God that shines and illuminates and and you are also our safe refuge. For 2019, God has been challenging for many, sad for some. Felt as though we are being dragged along. It's been amazing. And some, okay. There have been a lot of struggles, finances, work, relationships, family, studies, struggles with family members, health. Father, I pray, O oh God, even right now, Lord, you will step into our situation, step into our world. That God, you will, you will be the answer. You are the answer, and you will, you will give us that breakthrough. You will, you will be God that saves space, O oh God. And you will be that miracle, O oh God. So Father, even right now, God, even as we go from here, Lord, I pray, O oh God, for your presence to go with us. I pray, O oh God, for, for you to always, O oh God, inspire us to, to speak to our hearts, O oh God. I pray that we be sensitive to, to your voice, O oh God, even as we are having conversations with one another, O oh God, that God, we are also listening to what you are saying in the conversations and how we can even continue to speak life to one another and encourage one another. God, teach us to be keepers, O oh God, of the safe spaces, O oh God, and the communities that we belong to and that we will build. We thank you, O oh God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.